Welcome to the Higher Podcast with Austin Gravit. Exclusive interviews with CEOs, celebrities, and top-tier guests in the entertainment industry that are making an impact in the world while making themselves a priority to stay in top shape. This is the Higher Podcast. Gravitating toward your higher self. All right, this is the second episode of The Higher Podcast. I am your host, Austin Gravit. And for those first-time listeners, this show is about CEOs and people that have absolutely dominated in their space. And not just dominated in their space, but they've also mastered how to still make their health a priority, a top priority. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with the one and only Mike Sesniak. Mike helps door-to-door sales professionals, specifically solar, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more today, but he helps door-to-door sales professionals reach peak performance and make more money and really um, just better their life overall. And secondly... He is the host of the Results Engine Podcast, which is ranked 50 in the top 50, right, on Entrepreneur, or top 50 in Entrepreneur Podcasts. And yeah, man, dude, I am so pumped to have you on here today, dude. Like, this Thank is, you, bro. yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to have you on, man. And, and um, you know, one thing I really wanted to, to touch on, I know before we hit record here today is, you know, I couldn't ask for two better people to have on the first two podcasts is, is, you know, you and both AJ, you guys made time, asked me before to come on your show. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been an honor to be a part of that. And I'm glad that, you know, I could return the favor here. So. Thanks for having me, dude. I've been looking forward to it. Long time coming. Absolutely, man, dude. It is. Yeah. It, it just all comes back around full circle. Like having, just being on your show on AJ's show. And now like to have you a part of this man, like, and and to see how much you've grown over the years. I mean, you know, going back to like when we first met, I mean, I'll let you share, but you know, what was it back in 2016 at Lewis house? We went to, we went to his, his event back in uh, Columbus. Yep. I was literally texting max this morning. Dude. What? That's just, it's a small world, dude. And and it, that, that was a long time ago, man. Crazy. But here we are. I know, man. I know. And like, it, it's, I remember you like back then you were just, I think you were just getting into like the coaching space, right? Like you had yeah, just still in corporate. Dude, that's, that's crazy. And, and you know, we, well, we, we met at, I think it was the, I think we ran to each other at that CrossFit gym. It was like the morning workout. Right. Yeah, with Mark Fit and Steve Weatherford and all those guys. Yeah, Corey, a, was Corey that in that year? Corey Gregory. Corey Gregory Corey. was. Yeah, yeah. He was doing. He was yeah. conducting a workout. That Dude. was crazy. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's like it's cool just to see you know what we're gonna. I wanted to like talk about that more today. Like that same concept of going getting your workout in early making yourself the priority like you i remember that's how we met in the morning you we both got the workout in like you were you know it was like not even seven o'clock yet 
and we had gotten in what it was like a hour and a half workout like for that day yeah i'm trying to trying to think if that was the year that i almost bailed on it not that one so we let me okay hold on for everyone listening i didn't bitch out of the workout i had already (laughs) done a workout and i almost bailed on the second one so max and i went to uh, we went to Corey Gregory's gym for a 4 a.m. workout with Steve Weatherford. So we were at at uh, old school for Armageddon, right? But with Steve, yeah. and I can't remember if it was that year. But I like legitimately, if it was the first school of greatness, summit of greatness, I got like, bro. That whole story is just absolutely insane. Like I almost didn't go. I gave myself a a budget of like. 500 bucks including travel and hotel or something ridiculous and i like took some bootleg bus from chinatown in new york city <laughs> and like overnight and i like i straight up got the flu on that trip right God. and uh <clears throat> i i did that first workout i'm like max i feel like shit like i cannot I can't go to this next one like there's no way i'm getting through a crossfit workout after this like it's not happening Um, but we did it. So either way, I don't know if it was that year or not, but we made it regardless is the point. So, yeah, man, that, that actually, uh, you know, now that you say that, I think it was the first year because I swear I did that Armageddon workout too. I remember Steve Weatherford was there and it was at Corey's gym. It was like, everyone got there. I want to say it was like something, it was like, might even been like three forty-five or four or something. Everyone got there and then. They were in the parking lot and then they opened up the doors and it was like, you know, this like crazy, like just total meat head, total meat head energy. But it was cool. It was like everyone was there like working out and, and it was just like this camaraderie, dude. Like, yeah, you know, this, this, uh, this, this just like this, this gym was like literally old school gym like that just as the name says, man. And I'm like trying to pull it up on uh, and see if I can find the photos as we're talking here you know what's crazy there so we i I went on that trip i brought at the time it was george and one of his buddies came with us and they ended up what they did was they vlogged his buddy like vlogged the whole trip and i remember we had like this whole vlog of that like experience there the work out there and um yeah it was it was just nuts man it was just like the energy was crazy in that place did you find it you said no, I didn't, but I'm like finding all these photos of like all of our friends that were there. But like I've been talking to a lot of them today. Like, do you know Matt Petruso? Did you ever meet Max's friend Matt? I don't think I did. Pennsylvania. Um, he's in like Colombia right now. He's in like Medellin. So I was texting with him that morning or this morning rather. Yeah, I don't I don't have the photos. I have some other photos with like Steve and them post workout in the park, but these were different years. Yeah. So yeah. Steve posted somewhere because I remember they had that pan panoramic uh but they took it from like the upper level of old school. So like everyone was there. So I wonder if we were all in it together. My buddy Brett Eaton, who I didn't know at the time, but like he helped run one of the workouts there. Either I, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was uh now I think about it, I do believe that that, that might have been the year I wasn't there for that one then. But it's um yeah, man, it's just cool. Like we we met then and yep. you know, just to see like how much you've grown, dude. It, it's it's like we both got in that space around then. And I mean, just to see not just like from a perspective of of 
you know, a financially in business, but like you, you know, what the podcast you created, like you have some, some serious people on that show and yeah, man, like seriously, it's, it's like, and, and like, not only that, just like the, the, the way, like I've listened to some of the episodes, the Bedros one, like is, I always go back to that it's pretty sick. And like, you're like, just the way you, it's such a natural like conversation. It's so like, mm. Like you're like you're almost like the the word stature isn't right, but you almost have like this like poise, like confidence, like this like ability to really ask the right questions, but do in a way that isn't seen as like very like very interviewing. You know what I mean? Like it's just super yeah, it's natural. not rigid. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's just like it's Thank cool, you, man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and it's like it's really cool to see how much you've grown, like just in in, in so many different areas, and um, you know just going back to that, I'll never forget that event. And then we saw each other. I remember like years down the road, I think it was like 2019. We were saying before at eight, yeah. not AJ's, but in New York at an event. Yeah. Some random event that AJ was speaking at. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw him speak. And then I remember you were, you were talking a little bit more about the, I think that's when you started like really embarking in like the, the peak performance route. It was around that, like a little bit before that time, or was it the whole time? Uh, around that time so i mean i was i was kind of in like the i guess the niche was really was like productivity prior to leaving corporate um stemming oddly enough from lewis's event so like it was the year that uh i met brennan burchard at lewis's event one year what what i always love and like shout out to lewis for this what i always loved about his events was that like my favorite speaker every year was someone I didn't know who they were before I went to the event. Right. So I had no idea who Brendan was. Um, and to be honest, I was resisting the coaching industry for a really long time prior to finally jumping into it. And the reason for that was mainly because I didn't understand the coaching world. Like I come from the athletic background where the coaches have the solutions Right. And that's true in fitness coaching. It's true in business coaching, which I would argue is consulting most of the time. But I thought you had to have the solutions. And back then, dude, I saw all these 17 year olds with a life coach in their Instagram bio. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be associated with that, even though some of the closest people, like literally the best man at my wedding, one of my best friends in the world was pushing me into the space. He's like, dude, you could help a lot of people. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be associated with that. But meeting Brendan, hearing the terms high performance, which like those are words I could resonate with, right? Jokes on me because it's a flavor of life coaching. And I didn't find that out until like literally a year and a half later where I'm getting certified through his company. And all of these women are saying like, yeah, it's going to be so exciting to embark on this life coaching journey. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not yeah. a life coach. Like get the hell away yeah, from Yeah. Me, right? Um. But either way, I bring all that up. Like that stemmed from Lewis as well. I met Brennan. I experienced his energy here, high performance. That Those are words that resonated for me. Um, and that was the lens that I looked at life through, right? Like collegiate athlete, competitive powerlifter post-college. Like that. that's just how I thought. So I started, uh, I wrote my first program on the flight home from that event. At that point, we had leveled up from the bootleg Chinatown buses to like actually flying, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that was the start. I built it as a side hustle for a year and a half, and it was really focused around the productivity section or like corner of the high performance world. 
and uh, post call or post college, post corporate, like finally leaving corporate, um, I had been moving a little bit closer to like what I would call like true high performance, then got certified by Brendan um, and his company and that kind of spearheaded and like sparked a little bit more of that. Uh, but I would say it was really like 2019, yeah, 2019, 2020, when we were really niching fully in. I think I got certified in, man, probably late 2018. So yeah, long story to wow. answer your question, but we had like finally gotten into the high performance world and 2020, late 20. No, late 2019, I think was uh i'm like getting all these years the last couple of years have been a blur but like yeah, yeah. late 2019 we got our first solar or solar client and uh then mid 2020 because yeah code was like 20 march 2020 right so like mid 2020 is when we fully niched into the solar world so yeah it's all blurring but wow crazy. so you so you you niche in you said it, it was mid 2020 into the solar world yeah. Wow, yeah. When, when everything went down, like March, April of 2020, we were working with countless different industries. We had worked with our first solar client starting in 2019, December, 2019, he enrolled and he had like, he got crazy results, right? Like added 14 deals a month, like 50 grand a month in commissions added on top of what he was typically doing. Um, and he tried to like get us to fire all of our other clients. But dude, at that point, like I didn't understand how to build a business. Like I had clients getting great results in many different industries, but there was no niche, right? So I was like hitting all over the place. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't building, right? So to me, that was like, okay, you're just another client with great results. I'm not going to sabotage my whole business because I had scarcity mindset. Um, so I kind of brushed him off, but when March and April happened to that following year, we all know what happened. And we all saw what happened in the markets, what happened to the world that we live in. And a lot of our other industries got crushed. Meanwhile, door to door and solar went through the roof. So at that point, we really pivoted. And uh, yeah, that's when we went all in. All of our messaging was on door to door, uh, specifically solar and I mean, fast forward a couple of years, we worked with hundreds of reps in nine or 10 different sectors of door to door and uh, pretty much every major solar company. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride. So, so it sounds like then the, the catalyst of a lot of that was going to Lewis's event potentially and meeting Brendan Bouchard uh, could yeah, have been say that for sure in some sense. And, and it's, it's so crazy, man. Cause like going back to that, you know, event, like, I think that was the first one we both might've met it or whatever one it was, uh, you know, it, it's, it, that was a very eye-opening event for, for, I mean, myself, my wife, like we, we both like gained a lot of, a lot of there's things to this day, like, you know, we, we utilize and I, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're able to trace back like where it all started. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, you, you gained a lot from peak performance and then you weren't entirely sure which direction like you want to take it with the solar but you were resourceful in like a time where there was a lack of resources you could argue you know in 2020 there wasn't like like the world was whatever you want to call it and there was like if anything that was the worst time probably to you know people would argue to start something or to do something 
and you have the courage to to just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna go after this dream. I'm gonna make it happen. And I mean, that's that's admirable, man. Like that's that's like, but that's the that's the reality of it. Is like you you let really your your you didn't let like the situation take hold of you, and you were you were resourceful. And uh, it's cool how you didn't even know how, like, or what in terms of you wanted, excuse me, you didn't know how you're going to get there, but you knew what you wanted. And it all stemmed from that peak performance, you know, and you didn't know, you didn't know it was going to go into solar, right? Like eventually from the start, right? I've never sold solar. I've never sold, I've never knocked a door to sell anything in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, that's the craziest thing, right? Because now we're this brand name that is known in the door-to-door space. I've spoken at every major event. We've had vendor booths at every major event and sponsored the events. Like we've had, like I mentioned, we've had rock star clients in over nine different areas of door-to-door from solar, roofing, pest control, alarms, all the way to like water filtration, payment processing, like crazy industries, right? And it's not like we took a side door in like how would i expect to be here i was speaking yeah. at a mastermind my buddy mikey lucas i was literally just in vegas for his wedding last week and he had just joined the mastermind and he's in my breakout session and he comes up to me afterwards he's like dude i need your help i'm like cool what do you do he's like oh i sell solar i'm like oh that's a cool product like are you buying leads banging phones like what do you do he's like no i knock doors and dude, I'm from New York. Like no one knocks my door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was not, so foreign to me, but not dude, in the Northeast, man, <laughs> bro. You have to, then that was the start, you know, yeah, dude. we, we got to work and when everything else was crumbling, like you had to pivot, you had to figure it out. Like, dude, my business went to zero in March, like absolutely zero. Yeah. Wow. And cause my Mikey had finished right and he was in the process of like kind of referring me some of his guys but like i think we had just started but i had no other cash coming in like business went to zero and had to rebuild it and like dude it was really rough and that's not to put me up on some pedestal like that's just what the market was like my clients were dealing with the same shit but you have to get resourceful you have to get creative and you know we endured it we did what we had to do and yeah, it ended up working out, but. And and then that's the, the thing is like when you become resourceful and you lack resources, it's like the the threshold or, or like, you know, that mental callus that really builds in a way. It's like you inevitably you're going to be faced with other situations. I will be faced with, we all will be faced with that in life. Like there's going to be times where we lack resources and hopefully not in this, this year. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's, a that's upon us in the next few few months but it's like this is it's all it all builds you up for something bigger and you know you're able to having gone through that you're able to you're able to really have some level of understanding of how to direct yourself when that does come up in the future so of course yeah man i mean it's 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 wild so um what i was gonna say is like with with like the sales and like how you've, you've, you know, pivoted now to this area of where you are with, with being resourceful and then going door to door and then solar, 
like, what if you, I, I'm sure like the, since you scaled your business, it's become very busy in terms of your schedule. But I know you're big in, like we were talking about before, systems. Like you've created these systems, Zapiers, all this stuff. And that's a lot of leverage, right? Yep. But now like having leveraged that, like what would you say in terms of, of having done that, like for yourself, like what would you say, like has that leverage, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, has that leverage allowed you to make more time for yourself or has it not really made a difference? Like in terms of your own like health and fitness? Well, I guess it feels like it hasn't made a difference because I still like the space just gets filled with something else, right? Yeah. Like I'm an entrepreneur, like the, the to-do list is never ending. And, um, but then I think back and I'm like, shit, dude, like half the stuff that I used to have to do, um, like for example, onboarding a client, right? It used to be taking payment, getting a client agreement signed, and then doing a bunch of tedious manual shit. Mm-hmm. adding people to Kajabi, right? Creating Google drives, sharing the Google drive to the client email, sharing the group drive to the client email, adding them to whatever. Like it was just a bunch of tedious stuff that now is just done when we schedule a kickoff call mm-hmm. because we can build automation, right? Um, little things like whenever I had a client call, I would have to go and download, I would have to record it to my local machine and then upload the, rename the file and upload it manually to the client. Well, we don't have to do that anymore because we have automation built out to do all this stuff. So little stuff like that, where that used to take, like, dude, it adds up and it's freaking annoying. Dude, It really is. So those things, like I could sit here and be like, do I feel it on a day-to-day basis? No, because I filled that time with other stuff, but that's other stuff I probably still would have been doing and my day would have been kind of stretched out and I would probably be a lot more burnt out and, uh, or I would have to work a lot harder to not get burnt out. And yeah, I'm sure that I use a lot of that time to, to focus on me and and fill my cup. So, so you were saying though, like right there with like filling that time, you will find something else to fill obviously if you have time that opens up now that you have all this leverage, but I'm actually curious because I know when you said, um, uh, Brendan Bouchard, cause I, I've read one of his books. I, I read the high performance habits book or I'm halfway, I'm not entirely through it. I'm about halfway through, but mm-hmm. I use his, one of his planners. And I know he's probably talked about this when you did the coaching, the time blocking. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at some of your stories and your Instagram and looking at some of your content, I, I could have sworn you had time blocked in the past, but I'm curious, like yeah. with time blocking, have you found that like very useful in terms of whether it's business related or whether it's even work or um, fitness related? Like, have you found that very useful to, to be for helping you? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I like, I believe that a lot of life comes back to like intentionality, right? Mm-hmm. Success in any area, we have to be intentional. And whether that's fitness, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our, our mental health, whether it is business sales, like whatever it is, we need to be intentional and time, time is kind of like money. Like money is called currency for a reason, right? Mm. It's got to flow somewhere. Like your time will do the exact same thing. So if we're not careful, it's going to get spent anyway. 
We need to make sure that we're focusing on the shit that actually matters. Otherwise, we're just going to freaking do all these mental gymnastics and say that we're working a million hours and fall into the toxic hustle mindset, but not getting jack shit done, still broke, still unhealthy, still overweight, still miserable. Like, I don't want to be still. So we need to we need to get focused on like where we're actually spending our time. Time blocking is a great practice. Uh, we do like variations of it. But yeah, I think it's if people do not live by their calendar, they need to change that. Um, I learned really early on, a buddy of mine told me that he learned from his mentor. He said, if you show me your calendar, I'll show you your paycheck. And I think there's a whole lot of truth to that. But I would extend it to like, dude, it, that is all of life. Like you show me your calendar. I know what your life looks like. And if there's nothing on it, then there's no intentionality. And if there's no intentionality, like you're basically telling me you don't know what the target is. You don't know what you want to be doing. It's no way to live. Not in my opinion. Yeah, we could have just like Mike drop end the show right there. Just like, <laughs> the, like I don't want to be still I, that, that, but then when you said about the calendar, man, like show me your calendar. Show, what was it? Show me your calendar. Show me your life. Was that? I'll show you your paycheck. I'll show your paycheck. I mean, that is, I mean, that is holds so much weight in that saying. And just like in the reality of like anything, like you said in life, like if you even the, the best way, um, what is that? I saw this the other day too. And it was like, if you are, your life is like a current result of your current habits or your, your, or your body, yeah. for example, is like yeah. your current habits. And I mean, yeah, it's kind of in the same concept of your, your calendar is essentially like, you know, just like, as if that, like your calendar equates to how full it is and how much you're doing. That's stuff, most importantly, relevant to, money-making tasks or work-related tasks are going to move the needle forward. That is, I mean, there's, it's, it's almost a no brainer, but we unconsciously to some degree or subconsciously rather sabotage ourselves. Or we, like you said, mental gymnastics, we do these things to think that we're actually doing something productive. And yet, you know, we're doing something, maybe it is productive, but it's not conducive to that outer vision or that big goal that we really desire. You know, it's, it's, Mental gymnastics. I love that term you said, man. But yeah. And dude, it's like, I think, I think where most people actually fuck it up is that they stop at the business stuff. They think that like, oh, my life stuff doesn't need to be scheduled. Mm. And it's, it's crazy to me. Like, think about it. Here's how I want people to think about it. And I'm going to piss some people off now, but yeah, if you piss them off. off, like, just know that like, it's because you need to hear this. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that claim that they work so hard for their family. They claim that they're working so hard for the people that they love. However, then they sacrifice their family. They sacrifice the people that they love for the working so hard. Right. And I let me preface this with I do not believe that most people do this immorally, unethically. Like, I don't think this is intentional. I think it's just a blind spot for people. But what we're saying, when we have so much intentionality about time blocking our business, our work life, but then after five o'clock, there's nothing there. Well, 
how do you know what's going to be happening? Like the, let me take a different approach here. The number one non-negotiable that we have to work with, with our high level clients, the guys that are running sales teams, running organizations, whatever it might be, is like the number one non-negotiable that truly changes their world is making date night non-negotiable with their spouse. Oh, yeah. Right? I, yeah. And if if that is not in the calendar, then you're shooting from the hip. Right? Mm-hmm. If it's not in the calendar, you're shooting from the hip. And what that means is you're taking your business more seriously than you're taking your relationship, which you claim is exactly why you're working so hard in the first place. Dude. So yeah, we have to understand that these principles apply inside and outside of business. Like true high performance, it's not just about building a stack of cash. That's great. And I want to do it. And our clients will do it but not at the expense of our health, our wellness, our relationships, our well-being. Like that's not high performance because we all know, especially right now, dude, times are tough. People are getting exposed and not like for being frauds. Like, I mean, like it will be a magnifying glass on who we really are as a person when shit gets difficult. Right. And so many people, we all know someone that's at the peak of financial success but their health's deteriorating mm-hmm. or their relationships are falling apart, right? That's not high performance. We need to be able to do that sustainably over the long term without taking away from our health, our well being, our relationships, our, our mindfulness, right? And we just need to understand, and I'll get off the soapbox here, but like we need to understand that these principles are ubiquitous, they, they apply in all areas of life. And the second we understand that we do not need to bucket our skill sets, bucket our principles, and that they do apply everywhere else, everything opens up, especially around the time blocking to bring us back there. Because, dude, like, it's all of life. Like, if we can't be intentional around it, we're not going to be spending our time doing the most important things. And we don't have enough time to not spend it on the most important things. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's a really good point you made about like, just to, to summarize, like, and, and from my point of view, like how you said, you know, if you're a lot of people have it backwards and they, they end up really putting, yes, they say their, their family's important, but they put the business over the family. And then it's like, it's, it's, it's just like, it's in this whole, it's almost yeah. like this cognitive dissidence they get in, in the, in the, in a sense. And I love how you just put that right there. And it, it makes so much sense. Um, well, you just described that, you know, and, and such a, a difficult thing to understand unless you're when you're in it, because people don't realize that you're in the hustle, you're in the, that grind mode, or we say we're in that grind mode. You don't see it when you're there. But if you step out of that orbit, you know, and you do it objectively and you are willing to have that that truth with yourself and that that you know, calling yourself out on your own bullshit and telling yourself, you know, I need to change something. Otherwise I'm going to either get really sick out of shape. Uh, well, I'm already out of shape or maybe it's, I'm going to get ill or I'm going to get, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose a family member. I'm going to lose my family. Like, but I'm just going to yeah. be rich. Like, what's the point of that? You know, it's like, so I love how you just you shared all that, man. That was, that was a, a really, a really unique way of putting it. And I know you said that before we were talking today that, you know, with, with, um, 
you know, I want to touch on like the whoop stuff and like the metrics and all that stuff in a little yeah. bit. But the the one thing, you know, like when when you said time blocking, like what like what is your because I dude, I see you getting up at like 4 a.m. on your story, like hitting the coffee, the things coming out. I think it's like four or something, like you every day, right? You're you're your alarm goes yeah, off. I've been, I've been toying with it a little bit lately, but historically it was four o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see you do that, you hit the coffee. And, you know, you make all that, you have all that time for the day then where now like you get your work done, then you have like, you know, you and you and your wife and you have time at the end of the day and together. And so I want to know like what, what's not just for myself, but also others that are listening, like what's that routine, that formula that you have? Cause you got the business and you got the body, like, you know, you're in shape, you got the business, you got the body. I want to know like what's your formula look like that makes you allow you to really grow this business and do that too. Yeah. Um, I think first of all, it's, it's always evolving, at least for me. Um, some people don't agree with that, but I'm an engineer by trade. So you break shit, then you fix it, you test, etc. So um, the reason I started doing the 4am's and again, like I've tweaked that since, but I did that for probably like four or five months straight. The reason that I did that was because it was the most challenging thing I could fathom. And I'm like, let me just do the hardest thing I possibly can, right? Because I, I firmly believe that there's a lot of a lot of value in just conditioning yourself. Like we do hard things, right? Because if you don't, like life will inevitably punch you in the throat and you're not prepared for it because you've been taking like fucking cupcake lane all day and like taking the easy road. So if I can introduce more adversity into my life than the rest of the world will, I will win. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's why I did that. The other reason is because I actually, I like, I like the morning workouts, but I also, I really like the ability to work for a couple hours before hitting the gym. So I would wake up at four. Um, I would do my morning routine. I would get a couple hours of work in and then I would head to the gym around six. Um, but again, like, that worked for a little bit. I've kind of shifted the wake up time a little bit. Gym time's still pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, I actually like to break my workouts up. So I, I do a probably like two to three sessions a day um, where those sessions might not only, they might only be like nine, 10 sets, right? Like 12 sets max, like three, four different exercises at most. The reason I like to do that is number one, uh, I go to Lifetime. I'm bougie like that. I like to be in the jacuzzi, the sauna, post-workout. So my post-workout takes like 35, 40 minutes. So I'll typically in the morning, first thing, I'll go to Lifetime and I'll do uh, pretty much everything that requires gym equipment. Then we have our home gym where I have adjustable dumbbells that go up to like 90. So like a bench, we can do enough there. But like anything that requires gym equipment, I'll do in the morning, first thing. Um, and then I'll get in the get in the sauna, get in the jacuzzi, like really prioritize taking care of my body. And then I'll use the other workout midday to get in a midday pump, clear my mind, etc. Um, nutrition, I would not say I'm an expert. I just pay people to tell me what to do and do my best to do it. So uh, that works. However, it works. And then other than that, dude, I think the biggest thing and this goes really well with time blocking, but Craig Ballantyne has a book called The Perfect Week. Mm 
Yeah. I learned this from um, my buddy, Xander Fryer, who's been a, a great friend and mentor to me over the years. One of my coaches that I've worked with for a really long time. I also learned it from Bedros Koulian, uh when I had him on the show back in the day. And, you know, that practice of building those boundaries around your calendar can be really powerful. I use Google Calendar, like oh, my whole business is built on the Google suite. So in Google Calendar, you can build like templates in your calendar and you could check them on and off. But basically it's like you architect what you want your perfect week to look like. And then you put those time blocks in and my assistant can go in and turn that on. And she knows where, cause everything's color coded, right? She knows what time she can slot different meeting types in. Right. So my whole team has this understanding and I know where I need to piece these things because people don't realize the different meeting types will require different versions of ourselves. Like mm. how you and I show up in this meeting right now is completely different than how we would show up energetically if we were on a sales call. Dude, that's a really good observation. Let's, right. let's, let's, yeah. Tell me a little more about that. So it, it requires different versions of us, right? Like my personal time, in the morning, like that's yellow on my calendar, right? Like you do, you could uh, double click or right click on Google and like change the color of your meeting types. Green is obviously sales because like money, right? Mm -hmm. Dark red is clients. Light red is like team meetings. Orange is uh, like my one thing. Like what's the frog that I got to eat that day? Mm -hmm. Yellow is again, all personal stuff. So date night, gym time. Uh, appointments like chiropractor, massage, whatever. Um, and then there's some other ancillary colors. But the reason that I do that is because I can look at my Google calendar. I instantly know what version of Mike needs to show up wow. instantly. Right. And not that like, I feel like people could listen to that and be like, oh, well, it's just, you should just show up authentically. That's not what I'm fucking saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying being inauthentic, but like it, it requires a different version of us and we need to know what version of us we're going to step into. If people are parents, like how you parent your children, like how you show up there is going to be very different than how you show up in a board meeting. You're not yes. being inauthentic in either of those yeah. situations. Great, great right? example. Yeah. It's, it's not inauthenticity, but we need to know what frame we're stepping into. Right. So um, as you map out your perfect week and go, go listen to Craig's book or read it and stuff like that. it's a phenomenal read perfect day and perfect week are two separate books, but both of them coincide. And, you know, I bring all that up because when you architect that, you know, like for me, I, I started this by saying I'm toying with it. Well, I'm going to shift how my perfect week is doing, right? What it looks like. Everything is still getting done. I'm just reorganizing stuff a little bit based on what I want my life to look like. And it comes back to the intentionality piece. So that's where we start. Um, other than that, dude, like I think the the number one thing to get back to your question, how I take care of all of it, is again, it just I, I prioritize what matters. You know, and and I can't stress the date night thing enough. I always joke with my wife, like she used to give me so much shit when I started that because we both build businesses, right? Like we both have crazy schedules and I, I obviously pressed her on it because dude, like 
You know, you pay a lot of part, a lot of money to be in these masterminds. I don't just do it because I wanted to learn how to make hundreds of millions of dollars. I do it because I see my friends that now I can call them friends before they were acquaintances. I see how they're doing life, right? I see how they love on their spouse. I see how they parent their children. I'm like, and they're making millions of dollars. Like sign me the fuck up for that, right? And all I, all the advice I kept getting was date your wife. Like that was it. It was so simple. So I was persistent on it. And, uh, you know, now she'll even tell you it's like, it's the, her favorite night of the week every single week. Right. So like makes, make sure that stuff gets prioritized. Cause it's absolutely critical. Now, now when you guys do that's every, is that every night you said date night every week, dude, every night would be sick. Oh yeah. That that's, I that's wish. the goal, man. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, every that... week, non-negotiably and to, to be real, like we don't have a specific, I know a lot of people that like one that the same night every single week, like that's their date night block. We don't do that because both oh, cool. of our schedules are like very volatile, but at least once a week we are doing some sort of date night, date day, like even if it's diner breakfast, like something where we're super intentional. We're not just going through the monotony of our day and checking off a box, but like, hey, we're going to go out and do something, whether it's like as little as I'm going to just go get coffee and like leave mm. the phones in the car or something like that. Um, Dave and Buster's is a big one for us, but like, you know, like just something fun and um, just switching it up a little bit. So again, it doesn't get monotonous and it's not, it's not just checking off a box and you know, you, you feel when, when that happens, right? Like we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where we'd both been in crazy growth phases in our business. And we're like, dude, like we feel like we've been, haven't been as intentional as we like. Awesome. Like that's the feedback loop. We pivot, we, we add a new activity in or something like that. But, um, but yeah, you have to keep that going. It's, it's absolutely critical. That, and that's what you just said right there. That last part, it's like, that's the best time when you don't feel like you've been intentional or you've had a, you've had a, like a crazy growth week. You don't feel like the intentions there. That's the best time to have that intention, you know, where it's like, yep. you know, you have like, like kind of different end of the spectrum, but you're stressed out. You know, let's say one of the best things you can do is to get outside of that problem, obviously solve the problem, but sometimes you need to take a step back and do something totally different, like get a workout in and then come back and you're, you're in that now in that problem with a, with a different vantage point of thinking. So yeah. Um, I love that, that you guys are like, you're, you're super intentional with, with how like, not just that, but the date nights, like the intention. And then there's intention within the date night. And you know, what's crazy, man is, um, I don't know if you know Taylor Welsh, like I know with traveling funnels, he, so that's something him and his wife, I remember I was listening to one of his podcasts and it's that, and I never realized now it's like, I'm, I'm seeing this pattern, him. And, and I know they've, I think they might've sold traveling funnels, but I know they have, uh, he's done a whole different. You put process. a CEO in maybe. Yeah. Away from it. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think there was some sort of pivot, some pivot. And now he's like big into real estate sales. Like I know the guy's like, he's, he's well on his way to becoming a billionaire. It seems like one day. And, um, you know, he, one thing I noticed he, what he did was, or, or he emphasizes a lot is two things is his wife date night and also um, daddy and daughter day on, on, you know, on, on Saturdays where yeah. they get donuts. Yeah. That's so and, cool. Dude. It's like, and it's just like, it's cool because yeah, like you, that same commonality I've just heard in, in, 
you know, what you shared right there is like, just like making that the priority. And, and so many people have it as the opposite. And um, this is just, I mean, that is that in itself, what really, really, there's a good old Shaq over there. Yeah. Had to love him. <laughs> I mean, making Shaq the priority because he heard, man, he was like, he was like, I know he was right outside that door. My wife's like, can I please let him in? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so Simple. one thing I was going to say though, is uh, I want to like, when you said that about the, the color coding about the, mm-hmm. the different time blocks, I'm curious, like as to, do you go based off when, cause there's a lot of intention behind this from what it sounds like, obviously. And I'm curious, like, do you go based off, like, not to sound esoteric, but do you go based off like feeling of like, are you feeling creative? So you do this thing. If you're feeling like uh, more like in a more of a like reactive or, or like beta, like frequency of like trying to get a lot of work done. Like, do you do like this, the sales calls or do you do like the outreach or whatever it is? Like is in there, terms of how I structure it or in terms of what color I picked for it? No, 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 no. So, so in terms of how it's structured, so like, like yeah. time of day, like if you are more, most creative and, and that's, I apologize. I should have framed that question a little more better is no, you're good. the time of day, like, like for an example, first thing in the morning, some people have their creativity at its peak. Some others have it at the end of the day for whatever reason. Yep. Do you, do you live by intention that way? Like where you do creative stuff in the morning or at the night, or does it not really matter for you? Yeah, I definitely do a little bit. I mean, I think I'm still, you're always gathering that data, right? Like I've gone through, um, I mean, we've grown the company to the point where, you know, I have a team of coaches that serve a lot of our clients. I'm running mainly group calls. My one-to-one volume is a lot more truncated than it used to be where I was running calls five days a week. Um, so I've toyed with like, did I only take six one-to-one clients at any given time? Nice. Yeah. So, um, and then like we have a a higher level group that they get access to my calendar. They can book a call a month with me. So it's like a lot lower volume, but in terms of pure one-to-one, like it's only six clients. So I've toyed with, okay, one day a week is just all clients, right? Um, I've toyed with different blocks. So my point is you're always gathering data, right? You're always just trying to adapt and figure it out. But I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know how you operate and you fill the gaps with, uh, with, or not the gaps, but like you fill your, the white space on your calendar with the stuff that will be most effective there. Like, Dude, the boring shit that I don't want to do, I know that I have to block off a couple hours in the morning before the rest of my team wakes up or else I will find every reason under the sun to rationalize my way away from doing it. Like the really boring shit, right? Like the tax stuff, like just number crunching, stuff that will be very easy for me to rationalize my time away from it. That's why another reason I love the early mornings because like, dude, my phone is pinging like, I have Instagram blowing up, like my Slack is blowing up, personal text messages, like life stuff, right? Like that that all happens. But if I can get those couple hours before all that happens, then it, it's it's critical for me. My reading gets done then. So yeah, long answer. But yes, there's definitely intention behind it. Definitely still gathering data and evolving it. But I love, well, what I love about that though is like you what's really cool to hear is when you say gathering data, you're, you, you, you've like realized that you've never reached like the finish line. And it's like this, 
indefinite way of like ever evolving, ever growing. But in other words, like the data is constantly, you're being fed with the data and you're constantly testing and tweaking different things. And you may never, like when I say you, I say collectively as a whole, all of us, like we may never arrive at the perfect formula or the perfect way. And maybe the perfect way is perfect then, but it may not be perfect 20 years from now when we have kids or whatever it is, or you have wherever you are in your life, you're at a different chapter of your life. So my point for sharing this is like, I love that you're testing different things. You're gathering feedback, you're gathering data, and it's giving you just a more insight on how to make date night every night, you know, eventually like make date night the the priority man every night. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah. But when you said data, I wanted to to touch on that because, you know, I know you originally showed me the whoop a while back and, and you were saying before, like before we were talking earlier today, like the whoop, like what happened? Like it, it, like at some point it got too data driven, like you got too focused on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was not good me so i i love the whoop and i think it's a phenomenal tool um i used it for many years right i got it literally at the start of the pandemic because i was like okay i'm moving away from powerlifting. i want to try other stuff and i want to get diff- all the data around it so you know at one point i was training for a half marathon i was training a lot more hit stuff i wanted to track sleep so it was really really cool and super helpful there and Dude, for a while, I had a lot of my clients using it as well. Um, That company actually got so big that I stopped referring people to them because I'm like, by the time they get their whoop, they're done with the program. I can't help them because the the production delays had gotten so big. Hopefully they've fixed it. But like there was a time where you had to get like six month waiting list. I'm like, dang, like they can't is crazy. Uh, Hopefully they've fixed it. But whoa. Yeah, dude, for me, it got to the point where, bro, I would wake up and I would frantically check it. And Mm. data is very important, right? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. When my clients come to me and they're like, I feel like this is happening. My response is lovingly, I don't care how you feel. Show me the data, right? Because we have to operate based on data, not based on our feelings. Your feelings are liars. Yeah. Um, and have someone in the comments like, but what about my gut intuition? Like, I get that that's important too. Okay, don't crucify me. But for the most part, we operate based on data. For me, there was a lot of, uh, and I don't know how how deep down the rabbit hole you want to get, but there were a lot of studies that came out that associated your breathing rate, which is one of the sleep metrics, to what happened in the world the last three years. Um, and you know, there were some people in my world that really like cared about that stuff a lot. So like mm-hmm. I would wake up and I would frantically check it. And like, it was just, it was not in alignment with what I believed. It was not in alignment with how I wanted to feel. And it just got to the point where I'm like, dude, this is actually hurting my mental health. Like, I know I'm healthy. I take care of my body. I shouldn't care if there's a 10% uh, or like a, a one-tenth of a point. So yeah. breathing rate is basically... Uh, for people that don't know it, it's one of the metrics that they use to track and grade your sleep. And it's basically your average number of breaths per minute. And that number will vary every single night because it's a, a fractional point, right? So it might be like 15.4. Yeah. Well, dude, the next day is 15.6 and I'm waking up and I'm looking at it and be like, what the fuck? Why is it 2.2 higher? 
It's like, yeah. I don't know, because you're human, it's yeah. normal. The only reason that that actually mattered would be if it was like a three full yes. number jump, right? And then yeah. it's like, huh, you might have boozed a lot last yeah, night. Yeah, or, yeah, let's see. I'll call it. We'll do that. <laughs> like chain smoked cigars. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Crazy, yep. right? Like, like something happened. Um, so either way, that that's why I stopped because honestly, after two years, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even using this data anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just waking up and stressing about it. So I, I literally like I had so many saved up like from referrals. Like I had like another seven months. I think I just gave my cousin the the one. I'm like, here, you use it. Like just use it's already been paid for and like earned. So like have fun, but I'm out. So it's purely yeah. a mental health decision for me. Good for you, man. Cause cause it's like uh that almost it's like almost like a new it obviously as data has become more widely utilized for fitness and it's it's now like the new you could people would argue it's like the new way of like measurement like there's more you know, obviously you people have weighed their they've weighed themselves in the past they've done body fat tests now it's like the data before but now it's to the yeah. point where you can literally have 24 7 data on your wrist mm-hmm. validating or or like basically telling you where your heart rate is where you're now i think even like your o2 levels are i don't know how it does yeah, that it's crazy Crazy stuff. I mean, now it's even saying like, I think Whoop came out with like your whatever. I haven't looked into it too much, but your stress level. So it tells you like what your stress level is throughout the yeah. day. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how they can really measure that, but uh, Glad I got rid of it before that data came out. Yeah. Yeah. So like Crazy. there's, there's all this wild stuff now where it's, it's, you know, there's like, you can get data almost for anything. Like there's measurement unit of measurement for almost anything. And yeah. I felt like even when years back, my fitness pal, did you ever track calories on my fitness pal years back? Like, did you ever get kind of, but when I really started tracking calories, you know, Mike Vacanti. Yeah. He, he was, uh, wasn't he, um, Gary V's coach. He is again now. Oh he is, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I worked with Mike for, he was my first online fitness coach for a really long time. Um, and built a really cool friendship. He's a freaking G I like to use his app because it forces me to manually put stuff in. Whereas like, I know my fitness pals database has gotten way better, but like a lot of it's user generated data. So like for that, I was just like, dude, I'm just going to go find the one that has the lowest number of carbs. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I would yeah. just cheat though. So I liked using Mike's macros, which is the name of his app because it like, it had a little bit of a data set, but the data set was verified by him mm. and, or it came from a database that he had like vetted and he knew yeah. And uh, it forced me to to manually track stuff. Yeah, and that's that's the big issue with my fitness pal is like I I hate that to where it's like nothing. It's like almost like Wikipedia. Anyone can put anything on there, and it's like yeah, you know, it's it's so. But um, that that's a good. Again, it's feelings. It's like I it's feel really- like this Twix has twenty grams of protein. It's like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like this this Twix is twenty grams of protein after I ate it. Just because I now feel bad because it's probably like 300 calories and 40 grams of carbs and no protein whatsoever. So I'm going to say, but yeah, man, I mean, that's um, that I could totally see that though. Like now it's like the new way of like just getting consumed by the data. Cause I know my fitness pal, I myself used to get not as much anymore, but I would get very fixated on the calories back and I would weigh stuff. This was back when I competed but um, I can totally see that with whoop, like, and and 
especially the sleep setting. Like that one was like, like you said, with the respiratory, it's like you get you, how did my sleep go? Like, why am I not getting enough REM? Like what's going on here? Yeah. And I think, listen, for me, it was mainly, it was mainly societal. Like what happened in the world in the last three years is not normal. Yeah. Right. So, and it, and it, I think it, all of the pressures and we'll keep this vague so we don't get your show shadow banned, but like all of the pressures of not episode two, like emotions were running really high and to no one's fault of their own. Right. Like, so I think when there was that societal association and meaning being attached to that data, Yes, and it was impacting families and it was impacting relationships and all of that stuff like that made it a really weird, perfect storm for people that were in situations like or had relationships to the data that I did. Um, But I think even though that may have been an edge case, the whole the major problem still exists, Mm -hmm. which is that over attachment to data like it is uh, it is incredibly important. Right. And I, I like, I probably will get an aura ring here soon because I like to gamify stuff. I like to see what's happening and we can see what's working. Like, did I get really good sleep or did I just feel like I got good sleep? Cause I had a glass of wine with dinner or again, fuck your feelings actually (laughs) work. Right. Like I can actually get hard data of like, wow, that, that cannabinoid actually really helps me or this magnesium supplement. Did it do anything? The weighted blanket, the dropping the temperature, taking a hot shower before bed, all these things that we think will really improve our sleep and have been proven to do so. But like what actually works for us? It's great to get that data. But eventually there's a threshold where we need to make sure that we have a really healthy relationship with it or at least at the very least, not an unhealthy one. And based on what was happening in society, based on what was happening um, just in my mentality, uh, my relationship with the whoop data specifically with some of that sleep metrics was becoming very unhealthy. So is what it is, but people need to be very careful of, of that line. Sure. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. The, the I want to check out that ring though, the aura ring. Because I've heard, I've heard it's incredible. I've heard it, the sleep data is better than Whoop, and Whoop yeah. is is really good data. I could totally see that, and it's just you know not that it's about the the look of it, but just having like a a ring is just like it's so much more subtle. Just having it on there versus the 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 wrist, and it's just like, yep. You you know not to get into specifics of how the device is, but like and more so of like the data part. When you say gamify, I think that is a big piece, not just within fitness for those listening, like in fitness, like in, in, in terms of wanting to be consistent. Cause you know, we always talk about in every sector that if you're consistent or if you're persistent, you'll get it. If you're consistent, you'll keep it. You know, the, yeah. the big way of being consistent is falling in love with the process, but how do you become, how do you fall in love with the process? How do you not become in love with just, with just the outcomes, but rather the process related part. And a lot of ways I've, in my own experience, I found like you just alluded to was through gamification, gamifying yeah. it. And um, rather than being so emotionally invested in the outcome when it arrives, why not become emotionally invested in each week improving your score and yeah. testing different things? So, yeah, because it, it becomes an equation, right? Hmm. And like, 
I mean, sales is a really easy example. Like everyone wants to talk about how sales is a numbers game, yet no one talks about how to actually play the fucking numbers, not mm. properly, not sustainably. And like, I know you'll get this because you come from the fitness world, dude. Like people in the sales game, they just want to talk about go. You got to go make 150 phone calls. You got to go bang 150 doors. It's like, cool, bro. That's going to work for two days. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to burn out and you're going to become part of the statistic. And it's like part of the reason why the over, like the, the, the churn, what's the, the, the retention yeah. rates, solar and door to door, just so freaking low. Like it's just running and gunning. And it's like, I learned really quickly. If people lasted more than three, four weeks, they were basically a vet, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's that bad. And the reason for that is because of this. It's like, just go volume, but the volume is not sustainable. So if you know how that you can scale that volume over time, which again, stems from the data, it stems from under, like it's basically progressive overloading, but just understanding how to play that game. Well, once you build that sustainability, then you have the consistency, then you capture the data over the long term. And all of a sudden, you can, if you track it properly, you can get like literally top of funnel to bottom of funnel with conversion rates at every single step. And you know exactly what you need to fill top of funnel to get exactly what you want at the bottom of funnel, right? When you get the right data, success becomes an equation. And then it's then it's fun. Yeah. But to your point, as you're growing through that process, like when you can truly build the game plans properly, this is what we do with a lot of our clients. It's like, how do we build that sustainability in? Well, then you can see, like you can see the growth day to day, week to week. And you can play that game because you're like, dude, like I had 114% completion of what I was supposed to do with my non-negotiables this week. Like, let's go. And that's where the dopamine hits come from. Yeah. Right. And you know that they're directly associated with the result you're striving for because you chose the needle movers properly, right? Like we prioritize the right thing. Again, bringing us full circle back to the intentionality. Like, bro, that's, that's the cheat code. You get the dopamine hits from actually executing the shit that matters. And you know that not immediately, but definitely it leads to what you want. Yeah, dude, dude. I'm so glad you just brought that up when, cause I, I like almost forgot to, to really, when we talked about time blocking, I really wanted to talk about this too, is well said about the, the completion rate. So do yeah. you actually physically, like when you track this, do you, do you do like the, like what, what's it called? Like a habit tracker, like any type of like Excel spreadsheet where you're tracking like your habits each week. And then you have like that percentage, like the compliance percentage. Have you ever done that? Sometimes. So that's what we do with our clients. We create action trackers for all of them. All the formulas are built out and then we'll literally, we quantify everything. So we set non-negotiables, right? And they have to be exactly that. They have to be non-negotiable. This is not like a, oh, it'd be cute if I got this done. It's like the day's not fucking over if it's not, right? Yep. Um, and everything is quantifiable. So if it is, even if it at the simplistic, if it's like, did it get done or not? If it's like a simple task, then it might be one or zero, but it's always data-driven. So if it's pages read, right? It's like reading 10 pages a day. Okay, cool. Well, 10 is the number, right? 
Um, if you only read seven, then seven's the number. If it's minutes role playing, cool. You put the minutes in. It's not like, did it get done or not? Because if you say you're going to role play for 30 minutes and you did it for 15 minutes, it's out of integrity to say that you did it, right? Because yeah. you didn't. But it's also not fair to say that you didn't. So uh, we get as granular as possible. Mm. And then we have formulas that literally map out the completion rates at the end of it uh, for each week. So um, that's what we do with our clients. That's where I kind of started. I actually used to do, I used to whip out like a whiteboard like this. Yeah. And I would like draw blocks for like the weeks and I would just check it off. Yep. So it's evolved a whole lot since then. Um but I'll also like, I'm a big fan of, there's an app called streaks. So I actually really like that. Uh, next. Oh, geez. They're freaking updating it, but you can like, you can put out all of your things right here. Oh, so like cool. this was, uh, this is when I was really like heavy in mini habits, which is a great book by the way, by Steven guys. So it's like read two pages, stretch one body part, write one gratitude, walk nice. past the mailbox, meditate one minute. And obviously it's like that gets you over the hump and then you continue to execute. But what I like about this app is that like, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this. Let me turn on my phone. Yeah, turn it on. But like you tap and hold it and hold on. So did you hear that little like ding? Yes. So yeah. not only does the phone vibrate, so I get the dopamine hit, it also has that little like verification there, but then it'll show you the, like the day streak, right? So it's like, oh, you've done it one day in a row. So I'll play with apps like that. I think that's really cool. Um, we've had clients use an app called a tracker, which is like a time management tool. You like yeah. track, you like block out, uh, let's say before we press record here, I would have pressed start on the timer for podcasting time, right? And then when we when we finish, I, I press stop and I track all of like what my day looks like. That's super intense, but it gives you really cool data. So the answer is basically yes, all the above. But with clients, we do the Excel sheet. That's where we have to start. Yes. So it's so, it, and that's again, another form, which I like that you shared is like another form of gamification. Those that are, that are listening, like this is, this is a secret, like, I hate to say the secret sauce, the, the word's so like, oh, I feel like it's just yeah. like too, I don't know. It's not, it's not my, like an internet marketer. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's, you know, those, those that are, that are listening, like it's, it's just the, this really, there is no secret except doing the thing, but how do you stay consistent with doing the thing? And this yeah. is one of the best ways to stay consistent is, is making it fun. Think back to when you're a kid, how games kept your attention. They keep your attention. They, the dopamine, mini dopamine hits. Why do you think casinos keep people in there? Like the, the dopamine yeah, hits yeah, you yeah. get from pulling the, the slot lights, machine, yeah. the lights. I mean, it's, it's, if you can gamify it and I know it's not as maybe in some sense from the beginning, it may seem like, not as exciting as the result, the outcome as you think, but if from, from in the time being when you haven't tried the things yet, but if you can gamify these things and you see the small wins stack up that yeah. in itself, dude, like is, is so motivating. So hundred yep. yeah. percent, bro. I love that, man. Cause I, that's something I, I literally, I know you've been doing this probably for a while, right. With the, with the Xing and the gamifying and these type of things, like how long you've been doing that for. 
Dude, I, I usually I'll leverage tools like that when I need to rebuild the momentum or like build in a new habit. Um, I've been doing that on and off for shit, dude, probably since we met, like since we started, wow. if you count the whiteboard stuff, like, yeah, I was doing that prior to getting into the coaching industry. Like, it, wow, it was a perfect storm. I'd like done those things to get back part of myself that I had lost uh, after going through a really rough time in my mid twenties. And then I got connected with the science of why all of it worked. Then I met Brendan like, did it, like all of it kind of pieced together exactly how it was supposed to, but it started back then with whiteboards and reverse bets and crazy bro. So yeah, long time. The shit yeah, works. It, it really does. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like when you get granular on, on like the specifics of what's going to create the result a lot of people have it backwards. They they focus on you know the goal, you know, and and as to your point, you said earlier, like wow, some salespeople say, "Oh, go make 150 like calls or whatever it is." Well, that's great and all, but it's like, are you measuring that? And if you're measuring it, you know, to go even more granular, what is the strategy behind it? Like, are you empathetically like talking to that person? Are you listening? Are you are you speaking to them like as if you know a certain way, as if like they're a human being? Are you just being you know transactional? And I'm saying this from an objective point of view, zooming out, like for people that struggle with like sales or they struggle with like um, hitting a particular fitness result, you know, are you intentional with how you do the steps? Like, are you just going through the motions? Are you just doing the things? Are you actually mm -hmm. putting intention behind each thing? And dude, this is just like, I mean, there's, there's so much, so much weight in what you just shared there. Like this, someone if listening to this, if you're struggling to like get to that next level, or stay consistent, like what Mike just shared right there could get you there and help you stay there for life. And I know that's a bold claim, but it's like the reality of it is, is it really is like, if you allow yourself time, you will get to where you want to be. And obviously what you don't do you or what you don't use, you lose, so you have to keep it up. Yep. But um, yeah, man, that was that. super helpful. Like sharing that. I mean, so um is there anything you would add to that? Like anything else, like with the gamification or. Um, the only thing that's like kind of like a side tangent, I would say is, and this is where we have to insert the cliches, right? Like you have to understand why you're doing it. And I say cliches, we all heard like, if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not strong enough. Right. And it's, it's freaking annoying to hear, but it's true. It's cliche because it's true. Yeah. And I was having this conversation on one of our group calls earlier today. And it's, listen, you can get by through pure discipline and work ethic. You can. But if you're not tapped in with why you're actually doing it, it's going to feel like a grind. Mm. It really will. And once you get really clear like really, really clear on why you're doing what you're doing, that's going to grease the wheel. Everything's going to get easier. And instead of just feeling like you're just pushing and pushing and pushing, all of a sudden you're going to start getting pulled, right? That's the game changer. So make sure you guys are really clear on why you're doing what you're doing, right? Whether that's going through seven levels deep that I know Dean Graziosi talks a lot about in his uh, millionaire success habits book. Uh, apparently I don't think he created that practice. I found out who someone told me who did at a mastermind earlier this year, but either way, Dean screams the most about it. 
That's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. have our clients do. Any clarity building that you can do around that to get really clear on why you're actually doing what you're doing, it will make all of the work way easier. It's still going to be work, but it's kind of like power versus force. Without mm-hmm. it, it's just force, right? You're grinding your gears. It will decrease the likelihood that you get to the finish line that you want, right? Not that it's impossible, but it's almost a non-zero percentage because it's so so much friction, so much like push, push, push absolute force versus power is like, okay, we're really, really clear on why we're doing what we're doing. The wheel is greased. It works way more smoothly and you're in alignment and you're being pulled towards it. It makes the work a lot more fun. It makes a lot more enjoyable and uh, ultimately it makes it easier as well. So I'll just make sure that people do that as well. Dude, I I love that power versus force. Cause, cause like, yeah, clarity at the end of the day, clarity bring it, it, it builds or it creates speed in a sense where a lot of times, and I'm sure you can relate to this when you weren't clear on something, can you recall back to like, it almost felt like, yeah, you said the grind, like things were a grind, but also there's like this inherent level of overwhelm that comes with being yeah. unclear. And totally. yeah, it just complex. It makes everything complex. And then therefore, you know, you don't know which step to take and you get overwhelmed yeah hundred percent it's not a fun place to be yeah the clarity building folks (laughs) yeah so so getting clear on like what it is that you want and then necessarily not just what it is but also to reiterate what you said like the steps in order to get there like what's going to really grease the wheel to allow you to to get into that alignment and pull you forward not push you and and really um, power versus force. So I really like the way you put that, but for those like kind of wrapping this up though, like in terms of those that let's just say, let's just say like, you know, this is going to, to admit this, like I I feel a little embarrassed, but I would never do it. So today I was like, I was like, man, like Mike's got such a good podcast. Like, I feel like I I was like, now I'm like self-comparing, like I was my second episode. I don't know how I can live up to the standard of where he is. Like, I got to make sure this is really good. Like I, all this stuff. And I was getting in my own head and I was like, maybe I should tell him like, can we move at a different time? So I'm prepared. So I have questions, better questions. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Mike would be so mad if I did that. And first of all, that'd be disrespectful to his schedule if I like did that. So it was like that little monologue I had going in my head. I'm like, dude, yeah, stop being a bitch. Just ask him questions. Be real, be a human. And, you know, I, we're on here today and we're, you know, at the tail end and and this has been such a good conversation, man. And, you know, my, my point for sharing this is like, for those that, you know, aren't necessarily, you don't feel ready, maybe even those that don't have the clarity or don't have really the, the perspective of, of the steps, or maybe it's where they want to go. You know, what would you tell those guys that, that necessarily don't really feel ready to fully commit to something or don't really feel ready in general to, to they like maybe know what they want, but they don't feel ready to take that, that risk or that jump. Yeah. I, I would argue that if you feel ready, you've waited too long. Oh, here we go <laughs> back with feelings, man. I'll just leave it at that. The dude, the reality is we're never going to feel ready. Like if people are listening to this, they want to be more, do more, have more, et cetera. Like they want something other than the norm, right? 
that in and of itself is completely contrary to how we are biologically wired. Completely. Mm -hmm. Our crocodile brain has one job and that's to keep us safe. In order to be more, do more and have more, we have to get uncomfortable. That is inherently unsafe. So our mind is going to do everything that we can, just like you just explained. Oh, well, maybe I'll just kick it down the road. And by the way, I'm flattered. Thank you for the kind words. And I'm also <laughs> glad you didn't kick it because this has been a really fun conversation. <laughs> but that's that's like the crocodile brain in action. Like it is, we, we are working against our biology. So we have to understand that. So we will need to get uncomfortable to get what we want in this life. We are not necessarily going to feel ready. And if we do feel ready, again, to bring it back to the original point, I would argue that we have waited way too long to the point where that became part of the comfort zone. And then we've the opportunity cost is all of those months and years of potentially getting better at what we're doing because the reality is like you're going to suck. <laughs> like yeah. in most things in life, we try new things. Dude, when I record, I remember recording videos for social media back when I lived on the Upper East Side of Manhattan and I would be like walking, I, I lived on the East Side, right? All the way on York Avenue between York and FDR, like really far East. And I had to walk all the way over to Lexington, which goes right down the middle of Manhattan, the green line. And I remember being freezing and I would be going to the gym in the morning at like 530 in the morning. Dude, those videos sucked. They sucked, but I kept doing it. I got a little bit better. And a little bit better. And I sucked a little bit less. And here we are like seven years past. And I don't suck as much, right? If you wait until you're feeling ready to do something, you're going to miss out on all of those years of growth. Because regardless of how ready you feel, you're still going to suck. So you might as well just deal with it, right? And just yeah. get the suck out of the way. So execute when you don't feel ready. Like, it's just... It's the only way to do it. Dude, I, I I like I I don't even know how to paraphrase. Like that was just that's well said because too many people so many people get paralyzed by some artificial reality that they're creating in their mind. You know, they they you know they yeah. get to the whole this could happen. What if this the what if game? And then they they end up yeah. not taking any action and I mean, yeah, you just have to, like you said beautifully, you have to just be willing to just suck at something. And yeah, even years down the road, you're going to suck still a little bit, but you're not going to suck as bad. And yeah, that's growth. Know, that's growth, baby. So, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, and, and just to, just to stem off growth right there, you said, you know, in terms of, um, you know, you've actually obviously grown over the last seven years. Like what, what, like, what would you say is next for you in terms of growth? Like, what's going to be the next thing you segue into? Do you think, if you know, uh, if you have some idea? Uh, I don't know. Uh, on on the business side, I mean, we're moving a lot more to B two B, which is really cool and really exciting for me. The podcast is super fun. We launched the YouTube channel this year, so really growing that and getting all of our footage out onto YouTube is is a big focus for us. We have the footage for all of the 260 plus episodes. So now we're actually prioritizing that, which is cool. Um, there's a lot of those types of things that are moving, but I mean, there's a lot of life stuff as well. Like, yeah, just honestly, dude, it's just continually and persistently 
pursuing the version of me that can create everything I want and provide everything I want for the people I love. It's like, it sounds so corny and so cheesy and cliche, but like, that's really what it's about. Like, I know the, I know the money will come. I've mm. never doubted in my life. Not once I've doubted vehicles, but never doubted my overall success. Like I know that that will happen. So it's really just about growing into the version of me that can provide for the people I care about. Like that's really, really it. And you hit the nail on the head earlier. You're like, who knows what the next couple months bring? Yeah. I don't know, dude. But earlier this year, I read a book called how the mighty fall by Jim Collins, the good to great series. And there's this part of it that talks about those who put in the work and those who are going back to the idea of doing hard things, right? If you do that, life will inevitably punch you in the throat. It will. Mm-hmm. And if you do not do the hard things when times are easy, when times are hard, you sure as hell ain't going to be able to do the hard things. So I'm just making sure that I'm becoming battle tested. And, uh, yeah, just growing that. into that version of me. I love that. And and it's yeah, I mean, if you I mean, well said there, man. Is is yeah, you you are always always ready, you know, and and you know, you're always always prepared. And and I think one thing that really stood out too is uh you had mentioned about the the podcast and how you know how much that's really grown and what you said three hundred was it three hundred and fifty episodes now was it you said oh 267 i think went live on monday something like that okay so two 267 so like i know right now business wise like you had mentioned b2b but it's just really more so endeavoring to a better version of yourself every single day and you know doing the hard things when life is easy and when the harder times come you know it's just going to be you're going to be that much more prepared but talking about the podcast and how much work goes into that and how, you know, a lot of people don't even take that first step to not to, to toot both of our horns right here, but a lot of people don't take that initiative to, to start a podcast or even yep. like get on a podcast. Like there's always that fear kind of like what we just talked about is not feeling ready. I'm yeah. curious though, like a hundred or 267 episodes with all those people you spoke to, it's two hundred, probably two hundred sixty, probably three hundred hours worth of, of amazing conversations you've had with, yeah. with amazing, like high level people. What would be out of those three hundred hours or whatever two hundred and sixty seven conversations you've had? And I know not to single anyone out, but I'm just curious, like out of all that wisdom that you've gained and, and those great conversations you've had what would you say like is the one thing that's influenced you the most out of all those conversations? It's a really interesting question. I didn't mean to stump you there, but I just, I was thinking because you, they're so eclectic. Like, I mean, everyone served a different purpose. Like some of them were, like I had Bob Berg on episode seven, I think it was. And he was a co-author of the go giver. Yeah. I, like I have like a hundred copies in my room, but like our greatest book of all time, in my opinion. So like, that was a crazy life moment for me. Right. Yeah. He's such a cool guy. I've been blessed to inter- like interview and connect with so many like randomly cool people. Um, 
I don't know that I can answer that. But what I can say is that in all these conversations, you know, uh, you notice some really common trends, right? And by far, the most common thread of the most successful people that I've been blessed to connect with is some sort of direct sales or door-to-door sales experience. Wow. And I want to unpack that for people because people might be like, well, I'm not in sales, so whatever. First of all, you are in sales. You just don't sell a product or service. You're selling your ideas, right? Like you're selling your coworker on where you want to get lunch that day, or you're selling your kid on having their vegetables. Like you're all in sales, right? That's number one. Number two, we're all in the people business, which really is influence, persuasion, et cetera. So those are really important skills baked into that sales experience as well. But number three, when you really boil that down, what that means is these people got their freaking teeth kicked in repetitively. Most of them, by the way, weren't even that good at those jobs. It's just where they earned their stripes. They built thicker skin and then they moved into other industries and absolutely crushed. So again, it brings us back to the doing hard things. I love so, that. Take that for what it's worth, but like that's the most common thread by far. And and uh, anywhere it's anywhere that you can introduce that adversity into your life. Joe Rogan has a clip that's been going viral on Instagram that talks about this. He's like, "I make my mornings harder than anything in life will ever throw at me," because then the rest of my day is a cakewalk. Oh, that's that's right? odd. Yeah, well, it's all the same stuff. So. Just, just like the the commonality you said there, and, and not to sound cliche too, but it, or cliche when I say this is, it's like their success leaves clues, and yeah. the the commonality I'm seeing is like all those guys experience, like they really try to emphasize do hard things, and I, yeah. I 100 live by that. Like the cold showers now, obviously that stuff's become more adopted widely, but. You know, the just really putting yourself doesn't necessarily have to be mainstream. Like you could do fucking legs Monday morning at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. And yeah, instead of doing chess that day or whatever it is, you know, just make yeah. it make it something that's that's challenging. But to to kind of wrap up really every, everything is as you and I first met, we met at Lewis House, and that's I'm sure we both, how we found Lewis House is probably through School Greatness's podcast, right? You found him originally through School Greatness? I found him through Max, actually. I'm making an assumption here. So, yeah. But yeah. I mean, Max is, I'm pretty sure Max is the one who sent it to me because Max is from Erie, Pennsylvania, which is like somewhat close to Ohio. Shout mm-hmm. out to Max Weber. Um, Max. But, yeah, I think he sent me either his book or his podcast. So yes, I did get introduced through the book or the podcast, but it was actually a referral. Um, but that's really how you find all podcasts, right? So like, yeah, yeah, I guess the answer is yes. But shout out to Max either way. So so shout out to Max. Max, you 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 can you can answer this question too for your, for yourself. But I was gonna say is so so you know with Lewis House's podcast, he always. I remember in the beginning, and I don't know if he still does this, but I remember he had this like golden like question, and it was yeah, three truths. Yeah, but today, you're, you know, I was gonna say, I want to give him credit because this is like such a beautiful question, and you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, like I'm I'm piggybacking off that, but I am kind of, but I want to 
give my own version of it is let's just say there were just there was just one truth where basically if you had lived your full life and as he states you know you everything was deleted your 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 business all the people you've influenced everything that you came in contact with all the money you made everything your everything was just gone but you still had that one truth what would that truth be it's really freaking hard to put one my mind is like jumping to like our different life pillars i have and like the number one fear i have in life and like i'm trying to see if there's one thought that like encompasses all of it what if there's the three and then you do process of elimination okay so like one of them is the backbone of those other two. Yeah. Like the number one, and this stems from the go-giver, but like one of my top life pillars is impact over income, mm. which if you really boil it down, it sounds so cliche, but like basically it's like your income will always be directly proportional to the number of lives you touch in a positive way. So if you want to make more money, solve a bigger problem, right? That's the crux of the go-giver. And again, shout out to Bob Berg and John David Mann. So um, that would be one, which is basically like, give give relentlessly without expectation of receiving um because then you'll have everything that you want in life yeah that'd be number one uh number two would be um be careful to keep the main things the main things so that you don't miss out on the big things because you're focused on the little things that you thought were the big things in the moment Oh, wow. It's like, that's like one of my number one fears in life. That's like why I'm so intentional or attempt to be as intentional as Dude, I possibly that, can. That's good. Yeah. Um, And then I guess the third truth would be. To relentlessly pursue the ultimate version of yourself and give that person away to everyone you care about. Wow. Man, those I'm are. Not, I'm not whittling that down to one. You can yeah, do that work. That, that's I respect that, man. Because th- those yeah. all those all are really like. There's no one that stands. They're they're all equal, man. Like that is incredible. Um, well, man, I, dude, this is this has been like so good. This has been phenomenal. Just this is like this whole experience, you know, just catching up. Not just that, but like the what I've seen just like, and I really do mean this, like how much you've grown in terms of when we met to when we did our podcast, like when we did an interview and I was on your show, just like your, your demeanor is, is changed in terms of you've evolved, you've grown. And, you know, I just feel as if like you, you've really, um, every day, like what you're saying in this, like what you've shared today, you truly are, living by that and there's so much conviction in what you say and even when you shared about you know i I think it was about 10 minutes ago you had said no matter what i'm going to get better 
I think was all along the lines, but the conviction in your voice, how you said it, like it was there. And despite, even if this year is chaotic, you're going to find, you're going to find a way and yeah, I'll win. (laughs) Yeah, you'll win. And I just, man, I just, I really do appreciate that all the time you've shared, but not just that, like just to see your growth and the reality of everything is you still make yourself the priority. You don't neglect your health. I mean, you live, you lead by example. You you really do like what you do for a living. Like you are doing that too. And that's what's yeah. so phenomenal. And um, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better person, man, to to be in one of the, you know, the top three, like or the second podcast, you know. So thank, thank you, you for, for making the time, man. hundred percent. I appreciate those words. I received that. And thanks for having me, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm glad we did it. And I didn't, I didn't uh, cop out. We made <laughs> so, it happen. Good work. We made it happen, man. So do hard things every day. We will see you probably in a future episode. Adios, man. This is the higher podcast. Gravitating toward your higher self.